Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 92 of the Hawks Talk Podcast and all things Atlanta Hawks podcast, hosted by two lifelong and depressed Hawks fans. As always, I'm Jackson, joined by Logan. Before we get into today's special edition Doomcast for you all, Logan, how are you doing? You sound like somebody threw your dog off a bridge. Oh my god. You well, sound- I, I thought I'd go ahead and get into the spirit of today's podcast. We, we, that we're back with a Doomcast, our second of the year. So <sighs> I thought I'd go ahead and get a... You know, you know, maybe level out the energy, you know, put in some vibes into the air. We're here to talk business. We're not in good moods. We're we're not happy about the state of the Atlanta Hawks basketball club. That's that's that is an understatement. This team is ass. Let, let's let's just be candid here. Um, this is not a good team. This is not a mediocre. Okay, it is a mediocre team. They're just mid. They um, mid. So so since the last podcast, let's just quick little list. Trade deadline. We didn't do anything. We'll talk about that more in detail. I'm not like super upset about it. There there's a good contingency of people that are. I get it, but at the same time, we weren't getting Ben Ben Simmons. We weren't getting a star. Is what it is. Um. Then we got four games until All Star break. We're like, you know what? Let's win three of them. Let's win four of them. It's time. We make our push. We're in the 10th seed. We're in the play-ins. The teams behind us got worse. Let's let's push for it. Um, and then the Spurs, um, frankly, um, and th- this is going to give us a, an R rating for this podcast. But frankly, they gave us that prison loving, and it, it was it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. Um, we got done up by Dejounte Murray and Devin Vassell. Um, the defense was. Truly, probably the worst I may have seen, at least since like the intentionally tanking years. Um, it was awful. It was, it was, the Spurs are not a good team. Now, they're not as bad as their record would say, but they're not a good team. There's no reason we should lose to them, especially since you know we should be motivated to beat them. But whatever. It's one bad loss. Let's rebound. We got Boston. This is actually a big game for standings. They're ahead of us. I think they're the seventh seed or sixth seed, correct? If we win, that that just give no, we uh we got off Super hot. Bowl Sunday as well. Yeah, I think we got off to like a fifteen point lead, ten points at the half, and then DeAndre Hunter, who I'm I'm gonna talk about him later. DeAndre Hunter four, fouled four times in a minute, and then Jason Tatum remembered who he was, and um it, it was it was all downhill from there, like like the Frank Ocean thing, and um. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I took an energy drink to, to just I had to get something to get my energy up for this podcast because much like the Hawks, I just have no energy. I I I, I can't put my heart and soul into this team when the when the team itself has no heart and no soul. So I had to jack myself up on vitamin B twelve. So yeah, I apologize for singing right there, but Jackson, this is a sham of a basketball team. <laughs> They're awful, and I want to say I want to I want to issue an apology to everyone who saw a tweet yesterday that was deleted. I uh, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. 
I I I think Logan can speak for it best because he dealt with most of my unadulterated eight days until I'm no longer a teenager rage that I have left in my body. I was done with it, Logan. I you saw it. I'd like to apologize to anyone who saw that tweet. It was uh depressing. It was probably sad, you know, probably an embarrassing tweet. But look, this team is embarrassing. I I I, I need to get that out of my system. They're no, they're not just here's the thing. The Hawks aren't just like not good. They're just not only not bad. Like they're not only just bad. They're they're like horrible to watch. Like they're so disappointing. And so I just want to apologize to anyone who saw that tweet. You know, I, I will say, you know, one of the downsides of being a, an all things Atlanta Hawks podcast, who's by two lifelong Hawks fans, is that, you know, I am a fan at the end of the day that comes before my, uh, hey, you know, my podcasting career. Look, look it came yeah, out. Yeah, y'all got to know this. We are not journalists. We are not analysts. We are dumbasses with microphones. So, yes, and Twitter accounts. Sometimes I, I joking, I kind of was like, Jackson, delete that tweet. Um, it wasn't that bad. It's not like he said anything awful. He just basically said, like, I'm done. I, I don't care about this team right now. Like, whatever. Perfectly valid. Um, yeah, I just, <laughs> you know, we, we, we want, we still want people to tune in and listen, right? So <clears throat> had to, had to take that. Down. We are but, not role models for your Atlanta Hawks takes, no, people. Listen to true. the good journalist. We, we are, we are not here for, um, neutral, level headed, discussion you can listen to brad rowland for that he has more content than you can think of and he always takes a very level-headed approach he's your guy if but we are not brad rowland we are not we are lesser men than brad so we're gonna act like it we're gonna act like buffoons out here and we're gonna scream there's gonna be some tomfoolery we're gonna throw things we're gonna punch holes in walls when john hunter misses a basket we're gonna do that my my wall is littered with holes Looks like a yeah, piece gonna, of Swiss you're cheese. Gonna be, you're gonna be living in like a house that like a bomb went off of and soon here. Um, uh, first also, of just all, sound, I, I don't actually punch holes in walls, but you know, it's been bad. It's been bad. You got to cut off. It's been bad. No, it's been real bad. Also, Logan, something that me and you talked about. I uh, that was my first public apology for that tweet yesterday. Once again, it wasn't bad or anything. I just said that I was tired of this team. Look, I was wrong. I I was. I was too high on the on the DeAndre Hunter stocks. I'll be the first to say it. Mm. I, on a few occasions, may have called him untouchable. That was not true. For shame. If you want to know why I said that, I don't Get know ball. It. Simple as that. <laughs> With all due respect to myself, I don't know ball. So there you go. If you were wondering why I said that, I don't know basketball. Um, and yeah, that's all I could really say. I have shame for that take. It's something that keeps me up at night, knowing that I called him untouchable. Uh, I, I believe we did a I, Twitter space with Edub once, and I said I wouldn't trade him for anyone less than Paul George. I, I would like to apologize to everyone for my misinformation that I spread. I, I cringe because you, you, you're talking about paying him like 22 a year, and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I wouldn't even pay him two a year. He's so bad. I'm going to get this out of the way. I... Right before this podcast started, I was somewhat known as a DeAndre Hunter hater. I'm pretty sure Steve Holman has me blocked on Twitter because I was saying DeAndre Hunter wasn't good. And I think it was a thread that I wasn't like screaming it at Steve Holman, but I think he was in a thread that I was in and I said it. And that's the only reason I can think why he blocked me. I don't want to get into it. It's a, it's a touchy subject. I, after his sophomore year, I was like, 
Why am I hating on DeAndre Hunter? Look at him. He's good. He may, he has some injuries, but look, he locks up Julius Randle. He can, he can, it's gone. He's, he, we have to, we have to be real with ourselves, Hawks fans. Is DeAndre Hunter literally just Cam Reddish, but with more muscle tone? We have to ask ourselves this. DeAndre Hunter had like a 20 game span where we're like, holy crap, this guy's going to be really good. Same stuff as Cam Reddish. DeAndre Hunter has some instances where he absolutely locks down the guy. We saw it the very first game this year. He locked down Luka. There's no other way to put it. I will say that the one part of the uh, Reddish-Hunter comparison, Hunter's more consistent on defense. He's generally going to do a pretty decent job on point-of-attack defense, but he's not Kawhi Leonard out there, man. He's not that tier. He's, He's good, but he's not elite. He can he can have elite moments, but he's not consistent. Um, off ball defense is awful, um, but also everyone else's defense on the team is awful. So I can't really hate on them too much for that. But offensively, he is just bad. He is bad, man. He if he is not shooting, he is active. Like and I mean catch and shooting a three. If he's not doing that. He is actively hurting the team right now, and it is painful to see because long gone are the days where he could he could take a couple dribbles, get to the cup, and lay it in. Long gone are the days where he would pass ever. He can't pass. He has the worst tunnel vision, arguably on the team that I've seen lately, like recently in the past few years. It's it's abysmal. He can't pass. He's one of the worst passers in the league. He has like I think the first or second lowest assist percentage in the league. I know that's like a quirky stat, but it shows. He if if he is a ball stopper, point blank, he's a ball stopper. Um, he is. He, look, my my uh, this the sort of thesis statement of my DeAndre Hunter argument is, I think we we have two options here. Of course, again, just like John Collins last or not, excuse me, last year, the year before, third year going into his fourth, we either extend him or we let him play out his fourth year. I say lay, let him play out his fourth year. That's what I would do. I'm afraid that Travis Schlenk will extend him for too much money because he feels he has to. Because let's be real, the wing talent on this team is um, horror. It is a horror show out there. Um, and the the last piece I'll say, you cannot afford to pay DeAndre Hunter, even Kevin Herter money. You can't afford to do that. You have to pay him Dorian Finney-Smith money, which is like, what, 13 a year? Four years, 52 mil? 14 a year, maybe. Like, let's be real. He's not Mikhail Bridges. He's a lot closer to Dorian Finney-Smith. At least right now. And I don't want to pay a guy off potential because he's in his third year. He's had a lot of injuries. Pay a guy for what he's doing, not for what, you know, he could do two years down the line. And right now, he's Dorian Finney-Smith at best. And it's painful to see. But I don't want to be a Jundra Hunter hater, but... Frankly, I don't think anyone's going to blame me right now. This is the first time I've ever seen the Hawks fan base collectively, like, I don't want to say get, get like, turn on DeAndre Hunter, but I'm finally starting to see some fingers pointed at him, which I've never seen up to this point. Usually the fingers are at John Collins, right? That's always the guy. I'm actually starting to see some fingers at DeAndre Hunter, which is new. And, and you know, I kind of like it. But I want to know more of your thoughts, Jackson. I've been speaking for too long now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Let's just start off. I feel like you're pretty spot on. I feel like we've talked about this before, and it was like uh, near the trade deadline episode that we did about how DeAndre Hunter's like a ball stopper at his fullest. And, you know, you mentioned that this team's best offense 
And this is something that I think every NBA team knows. And I think every, I think even casual fans know this. An NBA team's offense is at its best when the ball is moving. And if it's not, your offense is at the best when you have several high-level isolation players. First of all, the Hawks don't have, have one of those. We have Trey. That is our only player I trust in isolation. With all due respect to, you know, Danilo Gallinari, the, the Italian Kevin Durant, it, it that that's that train's long gone. I'm not trusting Gallo in an ISO no more. Those days are over. They ended last year. Kind of started to check out during the playoffs, but now they're officially they're long gone. All right, they're over. The only guy I trust in isolation on this team is Trey Young. Now you watch this team. The, the ball flows so well, and then it reaches the hands of DeAndre Hunter, <laughs> and and you know it's going to get bad. He gets it, Logan. There will be somebody wide open, and he jab steps, pump fake the shot, pull it. It's like, oh my god. It's the same thing every time. It's ridiculous. And like you you think he would learn. We should have kept the kill Alexander Walker, damn it. We should have kept him. That was the worst trade in the NBA. the league like a blunt. <laughs> but Hunter, like, he doesn't even use his size going to the cup. You're like six foot nine, like two twenty at the very least. Like, Jesus Christ, dude, why are you why are you playing like prime Carmelo Anthony? Who the hell was DeAndre Hunter working out with? Where they said, yeah, you need to add a jab, jab step pull up okay. into your game. You need to amend the statement. He thinks he's Carmelo Anthony. He's he's Al Farouk Aminu. Let's be real. All right. I don't even know. Al Farouk Aminu at least knew his role. Hunter's playing literally like, I don't know, like Wash Mellow. Is that fair? And, I, I don't and, know. It's and ridiculous. Part, and part of it is I can't even be that mad at him because... I don't know what else we could feasibly ask him to do. There's no other good wings on this team. He's the only guy that can even remotely play any sort of point of attack defense. So I, I don't know how bad, how mad I can be at him. What am I, what am I going to do? Be mad at the only guy that has a chance of of disrupting a Jason Tatum? I, uh, it, I'm lost, man. This team is lost. I don't. How the how the hell did we beat the Suns? I don't get. Dude, that's a, we that was our Super Bowl. That was our Super Bowl. We need to get out of the way. We just admit it. And and we here's the here's the scary thing, Jackson. We're in the 10th seed. It's going to be hard for us to lose it because the teams directly behind us are the Wizards, who sold off basically. They, they got don't have Bradley Porzing- Bill. They they don't Bill. They sold off. They they have Porzingis, which is weird, but they have him. And he's out. And the Knicks. The Knicks are just as bad as us. They're worse, it's even. It's not worse. It's not so, worse. So, we're probably making the plans just off of that. And we're not making the playoffs. We're like six or seven games behind. You're asking us to be six or seven games better than the Celtics right now. The Celtics are like the hottest team in the league right, right now. The Hawks technically have been very good the last 12 or 15 games. But you can't lose to the Spurs like that, man. You there's no reason to believe in this team. There's no reason to believe that we win two playing games. You know what I mean? There's no reason to believe that. Could it happen? I guess. Anything can happen when you have Trey Young on your team. But also anything can happen when you have Bogey and Hunter and, and Herter and Capella on your team. It... This oh my is... gosh, we played the Hornets in the play-ins our first game? I don't know, dude. That's kind of scary. They're dropping 160 on us. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Her- dude, Montrez Harrell is literally going to make Capella look like Alex Lynn. <laughs> it's bad. I'm not ready for this. No, please. And that's um, the first playing game. Not not even the second one, because we'd have to win two. We would have to win two. We're, yeah, win the first one. Buzzer beater three by Trey against the Hornets. 
go up. I guess we play the Raptors in the next one. Oh, Gary God. 65-point game. <laughs> Gary? No, not Gary. What's his name? I can't even remember his name. No, it is Gary. Van Vliet. Gary would drop a 42 bomb on us. And he would laugh in Hunter's face as he did it. That's what he would do. He would point at Herder and just laugh at him. Be like, you you really thought you could defend me. It is... We're, we're not doing it. the screen and the team, the team equipment manager is packing up the bus. <laughs> we're not doing anything this year. It's... I... Oh, you know, oh, the Hawks talks guys are being dramatic again. Huh? This isn't that. We have to be real and assess our situation. Have you ever at any point in this in this season felt comfortable with the Hawks because I haven't. I've never been. We have had two long win streaks and we're four games under 500. Cum- the- embarrassing. I'm pretty sure like 70% of our wins this season have come from those two win streaks. So the only chance we have of doing anything in the playoffs is, you know, fingers crossed. It's right. We're in, we're in the middle of a 16 winning streak again. It's just not going to, it's not going to happen. So, oh, and not to mention with the trade deadline, a lot of the teams ahead of us got better. At least a little bit. Oh, God. We, Don't we even stood, start. We stood pat. Um, should have sold know. at the deadline. I They should have <laughs> listened to me. I'm saying, no, I'm being 100% serious. I, I hope I'm, I'm not just saying this because it's a Doomcast. We like to have fun on these. We kind of like to, you know, let out our, our what's going on in our mind. 100% being nothing but serious now. The Hawks should have sold at the deadline. The, that win streak was the worst thing that could have happened to us. We should have sold at the deadline. And actually, a good question I got this week was somebody was like, all right, like you wanted to sell at the deadline. Who do you sell? And like, I had to think about it for a second. Like, there's guys on this team who I'm not sure, like, with their contracts and stuff, like, I'm not sure they're worth, like, a team going out and getting. Like, you can't tell me that, like, a team like the Bucks is going to actually invest, like, actual assets in the bogey. Or somebody's going to come after Gallo. Like, I'm sorry. I know I've, in the past, I've defended bogey and Capella because, you know, obviously they played injured in the playoffs, whatever. I'm not saying that this episode. I say that a lot. I, I don't see teams being like, yeah, let me, let me figure out a way to open up, you know, $20 million in cap space for Gallinari or Bogdanovich. Like, they're bad players. Like, you can't sell at the deadline. And if you are, like, we're probably taking stuff back that's bad. So, I don't even know. You know what? Schlink should have figured it out. We should have done something at the deadline. And I'm going to stand by that. Schlink taking a vote of confidence. And the, I guess the whole front office taking a vote of confidence. You know, saying, hey, guys, you guys, we're putting our trust into you. For the, this is the second time this year that he's done it. Well, first of all, there was the radio interview. You remember that, Logan, where he's like, well, maybe I should have brought something tough back. Team responded, went on a big win streak. Cam got traded. You remember that. And then they did it again. The, the, the guys aren't playing. Here's the thing. They were playing good before the trade deadline because they didn't want to get traded. Now that they know it's over and they can't get traded, they're not playing with effort. That's, you look at this that, team. They're not playing with effort at all. That's the bottom line of this team this year. Why doesn't any of them? Why don't any of them care? Why don't any of them try every game? I don't really get it. The only, like... I'm not I'm not going to turn this into an anti-John Collins segment. He is often called the heart and soul of this team. He this, this team has no heart and no soul. They have no heart. They don't they Trey Young's quote after the loss to the Spurs was essentially, "Oh, the Spurs hit a couple shots early and that demoralized us." Do you hear yourself? <laughs> okay. I wonder why they hit those shots, Trey. I I wonder. I wonder why. I don't know. Like I'm at the point. I'm usually I usually try to be rational. I if 
Trey's the only player I'm even attached to at this point. I'd prefer to keep John. Of course, I want to keep a Congo. Everyone else, Herder, whatever, don't care. Hunter, see it. Like, what's the point? At this point, we're honestly looking at a pretty significant retool. The the good news is we have all of our assets and plus a few additional ones. The bad news is we have a lot of $20 million players that aren't very good. And we don't have cap space next year, at least as of right now. It's, I don't know, man. Look, look, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm just putting this good energy in the world. Let's say we, we get to the plans, you know, hard fought game, but we lose is what it is. We're just not a good team this year. I'm praying on them ping pong balls. We we could use a we could use a Jabari, we could use a Paolo. We really could, man. We could. And people hey, will say, tank "Oh, tank can get the lottery odds." Nick, Nick, that's the thing. We can't tank. The teams behind us are so abysmal. Oh, God. It gets we, worse. We cannot out tank the Pacers. We cannot out tank the Pistons. We can't. We can't even out tank the Knicks. The Knicks aren't even trying to tank, and they're just tanking. They're just so bad, and we can't do it. The Wizards, the Wizards have been one of the worst team in, teams in the league for the last like two months. It's just not going to happen. We just can't tank. So we're kind of stuck in the 10th seed. We could maybe get to the 9th seed. But for the most part, if you were to ask me, hey, where do you think the Hawks are in, you know, at the end of the season in two months? I'd say exactly where they are right now. They're going to be a 10th seed. And Trey's going to be averaging 29-9. And, and everything's going to be the ex- exact same. But they, they lose four out of, or they win four out of every 10 games. And they just aren't that good. And how humiliating because now, you know, like, let's be real. If, if the NBA, if NBA fans cared about the Hawks, we'd be the laughing stock of the league right now. But luckily the NBA and the fans don't care that much about us. They care about the Lakers. So everyone laughs at the Lakers instead of us. But if the, Dude, if honestly, the, if the Lakers weren't there, they'd be laughing at us, not the Lakers. Honestly, there's been like a lot of stuff on Twitter. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you're in the space as much, Logan. There's been a lot of people making fun of like the Lakers space. You know, they even had an NBA player on there. Campaign was in the space talking that shit. And and people are rightfully making fun of the Lakers. The Hawks faces are just as bad. We're everybody in there is down bad. We are all down bad. This fan base, they're you know, they're starting to turn on the team, Logan. I hope you know that. And you know, one thing about Atlanta fans, they are loyal to a fault. You can see this with Braves fans. You can see this to the poor souls who still unironically buy season tickets for the damn Atlanta Falcons. I mean, good lord. People are trying to wake up to the fact that the Hawks, like, first of all, I, I'm going to say it, Logan, and you're probably not going to like this. People are starting to point the finger maybe where we didn't think it was going to be pointed at. Like, and by that, I mean, people are trying to like look at everybody. They're, they're just not evaluating look, players. They're looking, they're looking at, at Schlank. They're looking at and, Schlank. And like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here. I am, I am critical of Schlank. I, I have no qualms about that. I've done it before. You know what? But I also, one thing I'll say about myself is I am 100% willing to admit I was wrong. You know what? I'm not going to look back on the bogey signing and go, oh, that was bad. Just cause bogey got hurt. The Capella extension, I will, you know, however, lambast him for that because that is different. Um, look, we got to start looking everywhere, just not at the players. Like, we all judge John Collins for this. But, like, at the end of the day, this team plays with no effort. This team has no backup point guard. This team has no defenders. And honestly, I need to get this out there. Logan, when we drafted Trey Young, all right, what was the number one biggest weakness of Trey coming out of college? <laughs> Defense. <laughs> His defense. And you look at the Hawks. I want to ask you this right now, Logan. Tell, look at this Hawks team. Tell me how many plus perimeter defenders this team has. I'll, I'll wait. Yeah, it's... Two? 
Hunter, DeLon, and then who else? Like, Herter's bad on defense. Trey bad on defense. I mean, all John Collins is not a good at perimeter defense. Clint Capella isn't good. TLC's like, I mean, you know, he's a replacement level. He's below replacement level player. Gallo's not a good perimeter defender. I mean, Bogey, like, is average, I guess. But, like, even then, like, I, he slowed down. I, I think Schlank, like, lost the script or something. I don't know. This team is built horribly. Like, it's built so bad. And for a team who, like, needs to build around trailing, you have your superstar. You you have the guy that this city has been waiting for. This guy is transcendent. This guy is... This guy pretty much... And I'm going to say this. I Maybe I'm just looking back on this with, like, very Doomer-colored glasses. This guy is the reason why we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm going to say it. There's not a lot of players in this league who get that far. Trey is one of them. And you have all of this, and you know you need to build this team around Trey. And it's like, you don't. It's like everything that you should be doing, you're doing the opposite of. It's like, the, hey, $20 million for Gallo. The, th- the thing is, is Schlenk, and, and this ties into the trade deadline. What was, so reportedly by, by Chris Kirshner, the Hawks were in talks with the Spurs for Derek White, basically a Derek White for Bogdanovich swap. It would include an Atlanta pick. Internally, the Hawks discussed and they valued Bogdanovich's shooting over Derek White's three-pointers. Let's be real. Schlenk is the head guy there. He's the president of basketball operations. If he wanted to do it, that trade is done. This isn't like the assistant GM or a couple scouts were like, ah, I don't know. This was Schlenk saying, I prefer the shooting over the defense. I get it. Let's, let's be real. He's from Golden State. He's from that org. One of the most progressive orgs in the world in terms of basketball thought. They're the reason that the three-point transformation, the three-point error came to play. Get your head out of your ass, Travis. This team needs some damn defense. We're one of the worst in the league at it. And to, by percentage-wise, we're the best three-point shooting team in the league. We don't shoot enough volume, though, and that's on that's on Nate partially. I... I don't know why or how Schlenk lost his script. I just don't really get it. I, I'm i not going to cry that we didn't try uh, trade for Derek White because at the end of the day, we were going to have to trade a pick, and I don't know if it would have been, been protected. And let's be real. I'm not trading this year's pick um, unless it's for a star because it might be a good pick because we suck. But, like, it's weird because the year that we had all that money in free agency, there were not a lot of great free agents. Bogdanovich and Gallinari were legitimately two of the best on the market, but it's like, couldn't we have found a little bit better of a fit? Couldn't we have found a little something? But the thing is, we had to allocate minutes for Reddish and Hunter. We had to, you know, groom them into being our our wings of the future. And then Reddish is obviously already off the team. That was a flop. Hunter, I don't want to say it's a flop, but he's very clearly just a very situational role player that essentially is being asked to do more than he can really do on offense because we don't have a number two. Not even close. We don't have a number two. So Hunter has to dribble the ball when Hunter can't dribble. He Hunter's offensive role should be catch ball, shoot ball, run back. But then on, he can't rebound either. We, I forgot to mention that earlier. He can't rebound, which which make, which is a whole other issue with this team. This team has one, maybe two, two good rebounders out of the whole the whole roster and the worst part is capella is our best rebounder we have to trade him because why would we pay him 24 million for 22 million for the next three years so we have to trade him and he's our only yeah i don't know what the team does man i don't know you you the hawks did the hardest part they got the offensive engine they got one of the best offensive players in the world they have a walking 30 and 10 but every other piece around them 
doesn't fit right. The only piece that really fits right, in my opinion, are John Collins and Inyeka Kongwu. Every other piece has a very glaring flaw. Herder, you can't play enough to trade. His defense is abysmal. Hunter, offensive ball stopper. Capella. Capella th- mid. <laughs> this year, he, he injuries or what have you, he's taken steps back on defense, and, and the offensive step back is huge. So go look at his percentages. They're laughably worse than last year. It's crazy. Gallinari, again, these are bench guys, but it's like ugh, like bogey. Bogey's injuries, and let's be real, Bogey's a great shooter, um, especially when he's hot. His defense went from passable to bad, and he completely failed and flopped as a secondary playmaker. He's essentially a catch-and-shoot guy that can shoot off the dribble a little bit. He can pull up, but that, that part flopped. So it's like we're kind of back to square one. We're kind of back to the 2019-2020 season where we're like, all right, we know Trey's good. What do we do now? And I just want to say, excuse yeah. me real quick. I need. I, this no. is just a quick little stat I need to get out there. Sorry, Logan. I want to no, say back in 2019, we all slandered Damian Jones. It's like, oh, Damian Jones is so bad at <laughs> offense. Damian Jones can't finish this. Damian Jones can't do this on offense. He He's so bad. Damian Jones is the worst offensive center I've ever seen. He shot 68% from the field in 2019 and 2020. Capella shot 58%. And I just want to say also, Damian Jones was actually taking, a like, he was in the double digits for threes taken. I'm sorry, Logan, to interrupt you. I just need to get that out there. Like, at some point, we need to acknowledge the fact that, like, Capella is actively hurting this team. Like, he's just not mid for his contract value. His impact is legitimately hurting the team. That's all I need to say. Keep going. Keep going. Speak your truth, man. I want you to just rattle it off. It's like you look at Capella and he's regressed so much. And it's like, how much of this can legitimately be blamed on the injury? Like, I'm sorry. And I I maybe I I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an an NBA player. I I don't think that a what was it? An Achilles soreness. I don't think that impacts your ability to make two foot shots at the rim. I really don't. Maybe I'm mistaken. You know, you know what? Maybe I'm the dumb one here. That's something I've been thinking about lately. Maybe I just don't get it. But I don't, like, how do you go from last year? Capella is, like, super efficient on offense. Like, And also, he was still doing this last year. There was signs of this. It's it's 10 times worse this year. It's honestly a lot worse. And also, hey, I want to say this again, and I want to say this for everybody on the podcast who's listening right now. Capella and Bogey spent the whole offseason working on three throws, and Capella's three throw percentage <laughs> it's went 10% down. Worse. Do you hear? It is it's double digits worse. Do you hear that? That is absolutely insane. Not only did he spend the entire summer working on it, he spent the entire summer working on it with Bogey, who's like, you know, a very good shooter. And it got worse. The guy is awful. That extension was awful. Honestly, and I'm going to say it, I'm starting to look at Schlink. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Because, I don't know, maybe that's just me. Maybe, maybe I'm just overreacting. It's like, between that you know, and then look, I'm trying to say it. 2019 draft class was a failure. You trade three yeah. seconds for Bruno. Okay, whatever. It, it, That's their seconds. It, it definitely wasn't the home run that we thought it would. Look, Hunter could still become a good player, but it, it's going to be hard. I think I'm he'll be. To think Hunter might become a good player. I don't think it's going to be in Atlanta straight up. I, I think the time's running out. That's just me. I, no, no. Personally, I think Schlank holds on to him no matter what. That's what I'm. I'm afraid of. I like Jonesy. I, I mentioned this either the last episode or the episode before. Jonesy had a great tweet about this. He said, Why the hell is Hunter and John Collins always in the, or excuse me, why the hell are Hunter and Herder? Or he basically was asking, Why is Hunter never in trade talks, considering he's a guy that 
you should look to trade because he's just not doing well. Whereas John Collins is always in trade talks and he's at least like nobody. No, we're not under the impression he's a star. Like he's just doing his job, but he's he's at least pretty good. He's doing pretty good. He's DeAndre Hunter should be in trade talks. DeAndre Hunter should not be untouchable. DeAndre Hunter should not be seen as a must keep piece for the future because we can do better at the small forward position. We straight up, we just can. Like Dorian Finney-Smith would make this team better than DeAndre Hunter does right now. I'm not talking about a year from now or two years from now, but right now Dorian Finney-Smith is better. And it it's just it's scary because I really am afraid that Hunter's going to get 20 mil a year for no damn reason because of potential or whatever, and then we're just stuck. We just have no cap space for anything. Like, uh, Trey, do you want to hear something, Logan? Right now? Yeah, go ahead. Listen to this. Next year, all right. Take everyone off the roster who makes uh like who takes who's expiring this year. Okay. Fill out the roster with ple- people only on the minimum. Only on the minimum. One point seven six. It's a vet minimum. Yeah, we're, we're the Hawks we're, are still we're the Hawks the are paying tax. the luxury tax. They're paying yeah, the tax. Yeah. Do you for a play-in team? Who's who? Honestly, if they make the play-ins, they're getting one hundred and sixty dropped from them by the Hornets. I I'm not. It takes a lot of ingredients to fix or build a car, like cooking, but without the frozen dinner, easy way out eBay Motors has 122 million parts. It's always the right fitment, so you can follow any recipe to a T. Whether it's a vintage Italian coupe that's classic like grandma's meatballs or a German luxury car that's as complicated as almost roulade. To cook up something great in the garage, use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Would you rather have wireless on the most reliable network nationwide or unlimited with 5G for $30 a month per line? You don't have to choose with Xfinity Mobile. Wireless so good it keeps one-upping itself. Most reliable based on Roots Metric US report. Results vary, not an endorsement. $30 per month per line when you get four lines. Watching that. Respectfully, I love this team. I love the Atlanta Hawks. I don't love this team. I don't love this roster. Well, I don't love this coaching staff. I don't love the front office. You know what? They. I'm honestly, I've gotten to the point, Logan. I've been looking at this team more like, hey, I root for Trey. The rest of you, when you have good games, you know what? You're cool. But in general, like if you get traded this all season, that's whatever. Good podcast content. Well, well, but I'm well, not worried about you. That's the thing. And that's part of the reason why I know Schlenk is going to tear, tear it up in the offseason. He has to. Why would Tony Wrestler pay more money for this team? Don't, you're not running this roster back. You're not. You could. You'd be in the sal- in the salary tax. But you're not going to because this, t- this roster is not going to work again. Let's all be real. It was lightning in a bottle last year. It was a 40-game good stretch. It was kind of like the 60-win team where you had a bunch of role players playing the best basketball of their lives. And then a, and then it's just, you know, they, they're not going to play that level forever. So it stopped. It stopped working. And, like, we need to make so many moves. This upcoming summer, because we need to shed a lot of salary. We need. I'm talking Bogey. I'm talking Capella. I'm talking Gallo. I'm talking maybe Herder. The more Herder defends like this, the more I'm like, oh, that's not a great contract either. Herder could not defend a piggy bank with an AK-47. With all due respect, and it's it's like where is the Herder from the playoffs where he was an actual good on ball defender? It, it it's gotta just be effort, right? Because he show he has the tools. He's six six. He's not like explosively athletic, but he's not. Slow. He shouldn't be getting cooked like he is every game. And it's like with Trey, and you know what? Maybe I'm just defending Trey because, you know, like, you know, Trey is Trey. He's always going to be, you know, that guy for Atlanta sports. It's like Trey is short and Trey is small. You know, Trey is, Trey is thin. Trey is short. And then you have like 
Herter. And, and Herter's like 6'6". And like, no, he's not jumping out the gym or anything. He shouldn't be in bad on defense as he is. Like, it's like Logan, like you were just saying, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, and the thing is, he's made zero improvement since his rookie year on defense. Does that not like, and obviously there's a coaching switch on all of that. For somebody who, when he came out of college, everybody talked about, oh, you can develop his tools and stuff. He's not good on defense. And it's, he's actually bad, like really bad. Like I saw a stat the other day that him and Trey are in the bottom like 10 for, you know, some defensive stat, whatever it is. I mean, probably, you know, they're, don't put too much stock they're, into they're, it. But. They're, sec- they're second and third worst in defensive rating. Only guy worse than them is Anthony Simons, who is basically Trey. He's tiny. It's, I don't know, it's ridiculous. We need to, and, and back to what I was saying, it's like the blueprint for this Hawks team is like so easy. It's so easy to accomplish. And, you know, it seemed like Schlink had finally started to get that. You know, go out and get Hunter, go out and get Reddish, two, you know, wing defenders. You know, ultimately they didn't pan out, but also you just got to live with that sometimes. Sometimes the draft doesn't pan out. You know, that that's a sad and bleak reality a lot of people don't want to accept. A majority of players that come out of the NBA draft aren't good. There's a reason why there's only what, like, like 250 NBA players probably on rosters. And you know, those are the best basketball players in the world. It's a, it's a little it's bit like more than not that. All, that yeah. all right, whatever. I don't do math, and especially not when I'm angry. You know that. Uh, Look, you know, that was uncalled for by me. Go ahead. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it really was. Kind of classless from you, really. You, you know I've been in a bit of a bad mood recently with this damn t- basketball team. Anyways, back to what I was saying. It's like... The the picks miss, and then Capella, and it's like, okay, rim protector for Trey, that's awesome. And then it's just like everything since then has been downhill. That all season, after, you know, uh, the season got shut down, it's like you go and get Gallo. It's like, okay, Gallo's a bench scorer. I can understand. It's like you go and get Bogey. It's like, okay, wait, we need to put defenders around Trey and, like, defenders all the time. And instead of putting defenders on the wings... You put them at the backup point guard slot in DeLon Wright, who's awful on offense. Like, DeLon is genuinely, like, one of the worst offensive players in the league, I'm pretty sure. And I don't want to hear shit about his shooting. He takes easy shots. And if he dribbles the ball inside the paint, you know he's... Here's how every DeLon Wright possession ends. He shoots a three. Albeit, he shoots 40% on wide open threes. You know what? Whatever. Fair enough. You can have that little win. Or he passes it right away, which is what he should do every possession. Or lastly, the godforsaken driving to the basket stops, post up, and then we've just wasted, what, seven, ten seconds of the shot clock because DeLon Wright is has his head up his ass sometimes. Like, it's ridiculous. I, I, I hate watching that guy play basketball. I don't like him. I don't think he's, like, good at offense whatsoever. But you know what? He's a good point of attack defender. Look, anytime you can go out and solidify your backup point guard as your best, as, as a defender only, you got to do it. You got to do it. And then you got to bring back a, a guy who's retiring next year in Lou Will to play backup point guard behind Trey. That's how you build a basketball team, folks. Take it from Travis Schilling. And it's crazy because we talked about how he comes from Golden State, the team who you know, has done so much. Like, they've they've legitimately changed how we think of basketball, how we watch basketball. They have changed the sport, Logan. And it's like the Warriors, they, next to Curry, they had Clay Thompson, who's a great defender. They had Draymond, a literal defensive player of the year. And they always had a rim-protecting center of some sort. That's three-plus defenders. The Hawks have two-plus defenders on the damn roster. Like, that's insane to me. It's like, this team is built awfully. None of these players fit around Trey, except for like it, maybe like a handful. And let's if be you're real, like willing to stretch it. I mean, John Collins fits um, just the offensive fit. A Kongu similar mold. Hunter in theory fits, but Hunter's offense is so bad that it's awful. It's, and let's be real, um, none of 
Paul George isn't walking through that door. Kawhi Leonard isn't. OG Ananobi even isn't. Mikael Bridges isn't even. Like, I don't know where we're going to get the defensive two-way wing. I honestly think the next star that we could possibly get might be Donovan Mitchell. I would do that trade 100%, but you still have a very big question mark there. You still have a, okay, now who the hell defends um, on the wings? And it's... I don't know, man. <laughs> I I am looking forward to the off season because a few things. One, shit's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. Like I think we literally might have eight, nine guys off the roster. Like I think we're gonna see massive turnover. Um, secondly, it's gonna be great for content. We're gonna have a lot of stuff to <laughs> to podcast about. So, gonna kind of be at the microphone a lot. And and thirdly, we're gonna finally get this god awful season behind us. It'll be great. I'm so, I'm so ready for the season to be over. I wish I could hit the fast forward button. I really do. And you know, there's been good times. You know, we've we've collabed this year. You know, this has been a good season for Hawks Talks. But I, I this team, woo, it is bad to watch. It's, I mean, I'm always gonna have fun podcasting because at the end of the day, it's just me and Logan pretty much talking for about an hour each episode. But this team is, oh god, they're just so bad. It's like as soon as Trey gets off the floor, it's on to the phone. I go. I like how. I and like then lately. The- the whole like thing with the Hawks is like once Trey's off the floor, it's just like how much how much are we gonna lose this stretch by? Is it gonna be? Hopefully, it's only single digits. Get better players, then. I don't hope to tell you. <laughs> this Figure has been going this. on for since twenty eighteen. Why is no one figuring this out? This is insane. Travis Slank. What's What's awful is Delon Wright might be the best backup point guard he's put out there, and he's not even and a backup mid. point guard. He's not a backup point guard. He's basically a backup defensive guard. He's he's, a, he's he's Chris Dunn. He's what we thought Chris Dunn was. Yeah, he's like Chris Dunn, but with less of a less uh, less dog in him. He's more timid, I guess. But it it's bad, man. Like th- this is you know some people. Th- this is what I'm happy about. I think we're late enough in the season to where we don't look like maniacs for being this this pessimistic. I think no. I think, everyone else is waking up. Everyone's seeing the light. They know what's up, Logan. There's no that, more Hawks fans can't hide from it anymore. That Spurs loss did it, man. That Spurs loss did it because that's just not a game they you, you should lose. Average eleven threes made per game. They made eight in the first quarter, Logan. They started six for six. Doug McDermott looked like Ray Allen. He was going for Larry Bird's numbers. He was he was chasing records in State Farm Arena, ladies and gentlemen. That's this, I mean that that that's more than enough for me to say. All right, you know what? You're all getting traded this Dejounte, offseason. Dejounte Murray looked like Oscar Robertson out there. It was oh my gosh, yeah no De, oh god I don't even and you know what the thing is we go against Darius Garland and Darren Garland's like really good this year and it's obvious like if you watch the All-Star Draft NBA players know that too dude Darren Garland knowing that Trey got the starting spot over him like he might drop 50 on us like I'm scared like I don't want to play against the Cavs I'm not I, you know what they're they have all these like big tall guys like I'm not trying to see Capella do you know shoot post hooks over Evan Mobley I'm not doing they're, it they're they're beating us by 25 plus we don't have no, John. The, game, the game's going and, off at the five minute mark. You're telling me that we're going to be able to contain the all seven footer lineup, basically that they run plus Garland. Like it's not going to happen. This is not going to happen. We're toast. We're, we're going to end. We're yeah. going to end up with maybe one win before the All Star break. Who who do we play the last game before the All Star break? I don't know. Probably whoever it is. We probably lose, but I'll look for you. <laughs> I, I got it. Magic. Okay, we might actually win that one. <laughs> 
nope, 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 nope. Cole Anthony going for 40. Nope. Well, I will say last year before the All-Star break, we did play the Magic. Just saying. Just saying. That's crazy. Hey, wow. Hey, hey. Yeah. Maybe we get a McMillan's been dismissed tweet. Maybe we'd run it back. <laughs> that's a, and then the that's thing a, is, who are we going to replace McMillan with? His son on the coaching staff? Yeah, that's one thing that's always irked me. That was a straight up nepotism hire. That was dude. That entire well, apparently, like the who was that guy that when we played the Lakers, everyone was blaming. I forgot his name. It's slipping me. Um, he was like apparently just like wasn't even coaching. He was just McMillan's friend who was like, "Yeah, let's bring him on." <laughs> yeah, just. I'm, Awful, absolutely woeful. I can't. I don't know. People are going to be like bringing Kenny Atkinson. (laughs) That's what they're going to be saying. I guarantee. I don't know, man. We're looking at this team, Logan. It's like if we like, even if things do get better, they like like you said earlier. It kind of seems like the playoffs are starting to like run away from us. You kind of see like these these. I hate to call games in the regular season must win games until they like actually are. It kind of seemed like these games against the Spurs and from there on, they were games that we needed to win simply just to keep pace. The Celtics because the Celtics are in the spot we're going for, and we gave up a lead to them. We let them dominate the second half, and we lost. So fifteen point lead, Logan. It's it's. The playoffs are outrunning us. They're, the only chance we have of making the playoffs is if, is if we literally lose like six games the rest of the way. Like it's just not going to happen, man. None of us should be confident that this team can do that because every time we have a win streak, we immediately follow it up with garbage basketball. So why even, why even like put any trust in that happening? There's no reason to. This team is most likely going to end the season as the 10 seed, and then it's going to be a playing game against. I don't know. Probably the nine seed Hornets. It could be the nine seed uh, Raptors, or uh, I don't even know. And it's just gonna none, 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 not a single fan that watches these games can confidently tell us they trust this current iteration of the team in a do or die game. Because the only person that seems to not be an absolute loser. Is Trey Young and John Collins, and let's be real. Sometimes Trey Young is kind of a loser too, because he he is emotionally drunk, as Nate McMillan would put it sometimes. And sometimes he acts like a little damn baby. I'm not gonna lie, he just acts like a little little child. So this team is just mentally weak. And what hurts is the thing that stuck out the most in the playoffs was how tough this team was. They the Knicks were playing football. They were playing damn football against the Hawks, and they didn't let it get to them. They didn't let it break them. They just played better basketball, and they won in five games. The 76ers were up by like 25 on on us, and they didn't break, and they came back, and they won. They won three road games against the one seed. They won a game seven on the road. This current team would get annihilated in a game seven on the road. They would never get to a game seven on the road. But they, if Seth they Curry would hit two threes and they'd call it a day. They'd be like, all right, well, yeah, we tried. Yeah, what more do yeah, you want S- from us? Seth Curry would have had eight points in the first quarter, and they'd be like, oh, man. Oh, well, try again next year, guys. Oh, well, I still get paid for this game, right? Cool. I'm done. I'm good. Yeah, these players don't give it. They don't give a damn. They just get their millions and they fuck off. Eight, Meanwhile, the sp- eight, us podcasters have to watch the whole damn thing. And you know what's going to happen? I feel I'm a little, you know, I'm not happy that he's going to get paid less. But let's be real, as the Hawks continue to lose and Trey has some bad games, he might lose all all NBA. I'm not I'm, I'm not saying it's likely, but it's possible and that will cost him money cuz if he makes all NBA, he gets his max gets a boost. And it's like 
the guys around Trey sucking and causing us to lose games might legitimately cause Trey to lose millions of dollars. It's crazy. It's it's. I'm not saying Trey is without fault, but let's be real. He's the entire offense, so it's kind of hard to blame him. And even against the Celtics, his defense was pretty good. It's the other losers who couldn't do anything. So, I don't know. I'm looking forward to trading a lot of these guys. Like, thanks for yeah. the memories. Thanks for the memories. And that's one last thing. I think the front office and some of the fans and even the players, they're still riding off the high and the trust of that team from last year. That is damn near a calendar year ago. That is so irrelevant to now. The entire NBA is different. The entire East Conference is different. Stop putting any sort of weight into that. This is not the same team. It's not the same context. Stop riding off the high from nine months ago. It's just not the same. It's not going to work out the same. This is a fundamentally worse team. So, oh, we're not going to trade because we want to keep the team chemistry. Do they look like they have any chemistry whatsoever? They hate each other. They hate each other more than I hate them. Oh, but they're playing, they're kicking the, they're having fun in pregame. They're throwing a football to each other. Gee, a bunch of millionaires that get to play basketball for a living are are enjoying it every once in a while? That's crazy. (laughs) Wow. It's, it's, it's so, it's so, it's chalked. This season's chalked. I, we're not making the playoffs. We're going to be in the play-ins and we're going to lose. We're going to lose. And even if we do win the play-ins, we're going to be an eight seed going against a one seed Bucks or Heat or something, and they're going to clamp us in four or five games. And it's going to hurt. And you know what? I'm, I'd be happy to make the playoffs. It'd make the players, you know, it'd satisfy trade, blah, 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 blah. But we, we, we're, we'd get embarrassed because we're not a good team. I, I don't even know. Like, the play-ins are going to be rough for us because on one hand, we're going to get made fun of. But on the other hand... Trey might have a good game, and we might get to see Trey on national TV one more time. Because next year, our national TV games are gone. I hope you guys are ready to be never playing those again. We're done. They're, they're uh, not letting us back uh, on this for a few years. Uh, honestly, Doris Burke is so bad, I don't even care. I'm fine with just Doris, Bur- Doris Burke be like, look at Jason Tatum. Look at look at how he, look at how he uses the bathroom. God, he's good. Right, and then was, it's that just... That was classic. That's how... That, yeah, I mean, hey. Am I, not, am I wrong? No. Yeah, that entire that entire game was that entire game was just an NBA TV Celtics stream. Yeah, but it is the Celtics, so you know how it's gonna go. I almost just, just said something that I would regret saying on this podcast, and by that I mean it had something to do with a meeting of the clans, if you know what I'm saying. Anyways, oh back to God. what I was saying. Hey, hey, it's hey, Boston we're dealing with. You know what? Just just because I hate the Hawks does not mean I don't hate our rivals any less. They can still get it anytime. Look, listen, I want to ask you something, Logan. Actual, you know, Hawks question. Last name starting lineup. Okay, you ready? Trey Young, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, Gallo, Capella. Five guys. How many of those five are on the roster next year to start the season? Trey Young is. And then one of either Hunter um, or John is on. I I don't think both of them are. I think one of them gets traded. And Herter might be, but I'm not sure. Like, personally... This is completely just my mind. This is like this is just my head cannon. I'm thinking, I'm hoping that um, Donovan Mitchell is like, I'm out. I'm done with Utah. This is a dumbass state. Please get me out of here. And the Hawks are like, here's Hunter. Here's uh, salary to fill it in. Bogey or Gallo, whoever they prefer. Here's Herder as a decent young player. Here's Jalen Johnson. Here's two or three firsts. 
please, please take it. Please, we'll you know we'll find we'll find a third team to make it work. I'm hoping that's what they do. Um, and even then, there's still a lot of holes in this team and a lot of assets or whatever. But it's like there, I have no attachment to any of these guys. I want to keep Trey. I really want to keep a Kongu, and I would like to keep John. But John's like the only decent asset that we have to trade right now because who really values Kevin Herter? Who's going to really value Bogdanovich? Who's Hunter even is going to be questionable value. So it's like I'm going to go with uh, two, maybe three of those guys are on the roster. There's no way Capella and Gallo are, I think. I think with the salary situation and the luxury tax situation, Wrestler and Schlanker are going to be like, yeah, we, we got to shed a lot of salary. So I think two, maybe three. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I think I'm about the same with you on that one. Uh, pretty much the same. I don't know. You look at last night's starting lineup. I think Gallo's definitely gone next year, whether he gets cut or you know we keep him and we trade him or whatever. I think Capella's gone for sure. I, I think. Uh, I think it's going to be hard to justify bringing Capella back whatsoever. I mean, obviously the rebounding's nice and the rebounding's definitely the rebounding's like the only like big thing that Capella has over a Congo, and it's also a pretty like. They're they're in there there's there's levels to the shit and Capella's a lot higher than a Congo when it comes to rebounding. So that's definitely something he needs to improve on if the Congo's gonna be that guy because I don't know. It, and also we talk about JC. It it used to be like the people who wanted to trade JC were strictly anti John Collins. And now it seems like the people who want to trade JC are people who are anti John Collins. It seems like the bigger portion of them now are just like, hey, like this team doesn't have many assets. We need to make a shakeup. Probably a big shakeup, like probably, you know something where like there's big pieces involved and John Collins is the most valuable asset on our team that's going to get traded. You know, Trey Young's not going anywhere until, you know, Trey's not getting, you know, traded or dealt in any scenario until, you know, if he ever asked for it, God, God help us. <laughs> Knocked on the wood for y'all, but yeah, I don't know. I it mean, just kind of seems like that's going that way with John. I, I, I do hope we keep John because I think he's a very good third best guy, but it's, it's hard to get the second best guy when, you don't have a lot of enticing peace. But at the same time, we saw these past couple weeks, it, it wasn't like teams are paying crazy amounts for, for these guys. Like, it wasn't, you know, I like, I don't, it's not, we don't need an Anthony Davis level package to send out. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I hope we can keep John just because him and Trey Young, that pick and roll should be the most unguardable thing in the league. Sometimes we uh, scheme it out ourselves, and which is annoying. But that's that's the reason why I want to keep John. That's the reason why, and that's the thing. With I think I mentioned this briefly before. With how bad Hunter and Okongu's rebounding is for their positions, you can't get rid of John if you're going to keep those other guys because John's a good rebounder. Hunter is bad. Okongu is not very good yet. You have to keep. John, I think I, the only reason you get rid of him is if like John Collins in a first gets you like an all star, like like a multi time young, like a Donovan Mitchell level guy. Yes, of course, if it if it was that cheap, then I'd do it. But I think Donovan's rebounding and easy offense and pretty solid help side rim protection. I think that's reasons why you should keep him. But we don't have much to trade, so it might happen. It might happen. It's it's not fair, but that's kind of the the, whole, the like corner we've backed ourselves into. So I don't know. 
I mean, this all season, I, I genuinely think this. We need the being serious for a minute here, you know, on this d- beautiful Doomcast. I think this is make or break for Schlink. Like earlier, we kind of talked about him, you know, we kind of, you know, judged him and some of his moves and, you know, talked about it. I think this this is it. Like this next all season is is like, hey, like you need to shake up this roster and this team legitimately needs to be good. And like, I don't mean in like the second half, they magically become good like they did in 2021 and that. I like, what I mean is like, I feel like wrestling can be like, hey, if this team is not like, a, a legitimate playoff team. I'm not talking a playing team by the trade deadline. Like we're going to start like looking at like getting rid of you. And that's just like, that's how it needs to be. And like, I know everybody loves Schlink. I know, you know, there's the Schlink memes. There's the trust in Travis Schlink tits memes and all that. But like, at what point are like, we all just going to be like, Hey, at the end of the day, you're the one who puts the roster together. You're the one who, and this is something we haven't even mentioned. You're the one who's fired head coaches. This is Schlink's second head coach now. And Lloyd was a failure respectfully to Lloyd, you know, did his thing, you know, wishing him well. I don't know what he's up to these days. I think he's in Indiana. Hey, good for him. And then it's like, like, not only are like, like 2019 draft, it's starting to look like that was a failure. Can we agree on that, Logan? Like, traded three seconds for Bruno. Cam is, Cam's off the team. And Hunter is like, I mean, we don't know if Hunter's going to be back next year. And we probably won't extend Hunter. I mean, if Hunter is on this team next year, he's playing out the fourth year of his contract. And then we're going to RFA with him. It's like, then 2020, I, what? Oh, Congo was good. Yeah, all right, that's good. I don't know. I mean, Jeff Lee, I feel like we have to evaluate more than just the player's future. I mean, we got to look at, you know, Schlink. We got to look at McMillan. I mean, everybody, the entire front office, the entire roster, the entire coaching staff. I mean, we need to do that because it's obvious that there's something wrong, and I don't think it's going to magically. I, I I hate to say this. There's not a switch that's getting flipped one day that's just going to change things. Those days are gone. This team isn't going to wake up one day and like you were saying earlier, it's going to be impossible for us to make that 16. At this point, it's pretty much out of reach. Like you, it's not impossible numerically, but like at this point, it's going to take something like a miracle. Basically, if you want to be a top succeed and avoid the play-ins altogether, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to sour on the season and by sour starting, I mean, I've already kind of, I mean, you can probably tell that by uh, how I've talked today, but I'm just looking at this team, man. I'm not very optimistic for now. But, I mean, the good thing is, at the end of the day, we do have our picks. We do have our young players. We do have assets. This isn't a situation where, uh, you know, we, we've we dug ourselves a grave. We're not there yet. We're, we're almost there. We're about three feet deep to getting six feet deep for our grave. Look, it's time to pull ourselves out this all season. And I, I, I don't know. It's not going to become a trend on here. You know, just punt towards the all season all the time. But, look. I don't know about this season, man. I, I think I'm ready to give up hope. You know, the trade deadline's over. We didn't do anything. It's like there's no there's no second trade deadline. Like that was it. Like this is the team we're rolling with, and it doesn't they're not playing with effort. They're not, you know, they're not doing good. They're not playing well. It's like Trey will get an off ball of play and he'll just sit there and watch an offense. And it's like, dude, like, how long are you going to do this? You're just going to do this your whole career. Like, one of the things that makes Steph Curry so dynamic was the fact that he moves so well off ball. And meanwhile, Trey just sits there and ball watches when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. It's like, look, at some point, everybody needs to, you know, have the finger held their way and be held accountable because everybody in the team can improve in some way. You know, Nate needs to do that. Nate has this year been very disappointing for Nate. I'm going to be the first one to say it. You know, he's he's had games where he showed the reason why we made him our full-time head coach. And then he's also had show, showed games where it's like looking at Nate this offseason like, hey, maybe you need to be gone. Like, maybe you're the issue here. You know, maybe your coaching staff, you know, you're you're not resonating with guys. Well, maybe your system doesn't work. You know, we ha- heard all this stuff about how the players, you know, like, like Nate McMillan. And obviously, you know, me and Logan will never speak what goes on with the locker room. We're not in the locker room. We don't have, you know, we're not friends with the players who know what's going on in the locker room. 
like I don't know. To me, it doesn't seem like anybody's like going out of their way to love Nate McMillan. Like if you liked your coach so much, you would think you would play a bit harder, right, Logan? Like that makes sense to me. But like this team doesn't play with effort, so I don't know. I'm just trying, I've gotten to the point to where I'm questioning everything. I'm questioning more of this than the players. I'm questioning the people who put the players there. I'm trying to question, you know, the people who hired the coaches and who did all of this because look, this team needs a shakeup, and it's going to come this off season. So yeah, thank you for letting me get that little spill. I need to get that off my chest. I've had enough. I'm. I've seen enough. This season is chalked. Um. Yeah. It's. It's. Things are gonna change know, in offseason. Like, so. But but the stupid thing is about this team is that this team legitimately has miles and miles of talent. We saw that last no, year. We, we were don't. in the Eastern Conference Finals we last year. We just don't. We we got lucky last year. Let's be real. We don't. I'm tired of talking about this team being insanely talented. Like it's not. I don't know. Once, if I want to admit it. Like, it's not just one superstar and a bunch of role players that got lucky for a couple months. Let's be real. That's what happened. None. I, I don't think you can call a team super stout, talented when you have one guy who will ever sniff an all-star game. I just don't think that's that talented. It, it's one superstar who's maybe a bit too heliocentric and a bunch of role players. And some of the role players aren't even that good. So it's like. I don't even think we're that talented. I, th- I think I think everyone got a little too high off their own supply. Front office, players, coaches, fans. I think we all got a little too high off our own supply. We got an easy draw in the first round with the Knicks. We're a better team than the Knicks. We played great some games against the Sixers, but let's be real. If the Sixers were a little bit less dysfunctional, we, we don't make the Eastern Conference Finals. But we did, and the, the players earned that, and the coaches earned that. They played their asses off, and they beat the... Number one seed, I get it, but we're we're not one of the most talented teams in the league. We have one really good player in, in like a pretty good pretty good player in John, but John frankly is invisible like fifteen percent of the time, like fifteen twenty percent of the games he's just invisible. Not 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 blaming him for that. Sometimes it's not his fault he doesn't get the ball, but that's the truth. He has a lot of invisible games, and then a bunch of pretty disappointing role players. So it's like, yeah. I'm not surprised. We're we're mid. There's only so many times where Trey can drop 37 and 15 on 20 shots, and we can make it work. He can't do that every night. So, yeah, we we're not very good, and it shows in the leader and not the leaderboards, but like the standings. It's gonna show in the plans when we probably get bounced. So, is what it is. The off season's gonna be fun. I think I'm I'm truly looking forward to the off season because I think shit's gonna go crazy. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what this team looks like, and until then, hey, look, I know I've bashed Link a lot on this episode. I am st- I still think he can get it done this off season. I still have faith. Now I'll be a lot like, less faith than before. I, I still trust him to make a good trade. I still trust him to make good trades. He's made a lot of great trades. He's done some good drafting. It's it's when you get to the contractual stuff that you're a little questioning it. It's when you come to some of those sort of free agent decisions that you question it. But the trades. I'm for it. The, the the drafting, he's not perfect, but literally nobody's tr- perfect. The freaking, well, the Warriors are considered one of the best uh, front offices who are drafting. They took James fucking Wiseman over LaMelo Ball. And they're doing just fine. Like, it's okay to miss some draft picks. But I trust Schlank to an extent, but I'm not kissing the ground he walks on. And frankly, I don't think Schlank is either. As Schlank said it the other day, the, the other week, oh, maybe I shouldn't have brought these guys back. Now, granted, they instantly went on a winning streak, 
and that made him sort of back off the trades. But let's be real. He wasn't going to make any trade that brought us from a 10 seed to a 6 seed. It wasn't going to happen, so I, I'm not upset about that. But he's got a lot of work to do in the summer, and he's he has to do all of it in the summer. He didn't get a head start in the, in, at the trade deadline, so he has to do it all in June and July. So we'll see how he does it. But, you know, uh, and when that does happen, we will ha- probably have like three emergency pod. I honestly think we'll have like two or three emergency podcasts. I think it's going to be a bunch of di- separate trades, and we're going to be coming back like every couple days. Like, oh, my God, Bogdanovich and... Uh, second round pick just got traded for uh, Miles Turner. Uh, you know, whatever. But I'm excited for it too. I'm excited for this off season. You know what? I'll try and I'll try and enjoy. You know, maybe maybe this is a good thing that I've kind of that my expectations are so low for the Hawks. I can't really be disappointed anymore. I, I can't get mad anymore. Maybe it's a good thing to you know just kind of fall back into place. You know, kind of go back to those days of 2018, 2019 when I was just happy if we uh we put up a good a good fight. Even though this year that hasn't been the case at all. So. I don't know. Um, Logan, we've been recording for about an hour now. This has been a pretty good Doomcast. been one of our longer Doomcasts, actually. We usually go shorter than this. Do uh, you have anything else you want to say before we start wrapping things up? Uh, just the the standard. Thank you guys for listening. You can check it out, Check us out on Twitter. Those links are below. Um, hopefully, you guys are not uh, dooming as hard as us. But if you are, then, you know, hopefully you guys enjoyed. But, um, yeah, man, it, it, I will say it's a little bit fun watching the Hawks be uh, an absolute train wreck and everyone going on Twitter and being like, this team sucks. And it's it's kind of just fun. To, it's like it's like therapy. So I don't know. I hope you guys enjoyed. It's like group therapy. It's nice. It is. It is. But that's all I got to say. I've already given this team more energy in this past hour than the Hawks than the team has given the last couple games. So, you know, look, I just want to say I'm, this I'm in the past. In the past, we've done some Doomcasts, and the Hawks have immediately rebounded. I think we did a Doomcast last year before the trade deadline, and then the Hawks made the Eastern Conference Finals. So I just want to say, if this podcast is the one that that this team snaps out of, you know where to thank us at. Patreon.com slash Hawkstalks, whatever. <laughs> After this podcast drops, they make the playoffs somehow. Um, but yeah, just want to say thank you, as always, to everyone for listening. You know, I, I, do, I do realize that you know the Hawks you know, being bad probably wants you to lessen your you know, attention that you give to the Hawks and everything. But that obviously hasn't been the case for us. So just know that me and Logan really appreciate it. You know, this team not being the best and everyone still supporting us means a lot to us. Um, As always, thank you for listening. I hope you have a, a good Valentine's Day, a good start to your week. And yeah, thank you for listening to the Hawks Talk Podcast, episode 92. We'll be back later this week for episode 93. As always, be sure to check out the links in the description for everything you might need for Hawks Talks. Love you. Goodbye. It's a well-known fact that good sleep leads to a happier life. Okay, maybe that's not a fact fact, but... Don't you just feel amazing after a great night's sleep? Like the first night back in your own bed after traveling. It's time to demand more first night back kind of sleep. Stop tossing and turning and talk with your doctor about how you can seize the night and day. And visit SeizeTheNightAndDay.com to learn more.